You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you're lost and alone and you feel like you need a lift. When the times are tough and your day has gone adrift. You can always press play on Buzz Broadway. Buzz Broadway. So just press play today. Welcome back, Buzz Broadway listeners. <laughs> I thought you were singing Phantom of the Opera. Uh, yeah, close. But those aren't the right intervals. They're not, but I understand what you thought I was singing. Yeah. Uh, there you go. We found we found it. Anyways, guys, welcome back. We're not talking about Phantom of the Opera tonight. Been there, done that. Yes, we have. Tonight we're talking about Sam. We're talking about a show that all of our tossers out there will really appreciate. It's Hunter Bell and Jeff Bowen's title of show. Yes, we're doing title of show, a show that we probably discovered when we were in middle high. High school. High school? school. Yeah. Or did I discover it in middle school and introduce you to it? Because I was the one who knew more Broadway shows. You were for a while. Oh, I was being so sarcastic. And then I surpassed you. Yeah. I knew about Wicked. Speaking of surpassing me, let's talk about these drinking rules. Oh God! Okay, you've really hyped these up. So if they're not gonna, if they're not as hypey as you wanted them to be, I'm gonna be disappointed. First of all, what are you having for a bevy? Ooh, water. Water. What if I was like <laughs> vinegar? <laughs> um, I'm drinking Trader Joe's Simpler Times Pilsner, and chasing it with Bullet Bourbon. Chasing it. Oh my god. Yeah, you challenged me to get crunk tonight. If so. you're gonna get drunk and describe any show, I feel like it should be this one. It really should. Um, I'm drinking same thing I was a couple weeks ago, which couple. is my deep Eddie's grapefruit, but yeah. I'm drinking it with ginger ale because it's all I had. Great. But it's great. Yeah, mama's trying to save money, so whatever is in that fridge i'll take oh happy thanksgiving by the way everyone thanksgiving was yesterday hope you're all out shopping while you listen to this but be safe and if there's a lockdown don't don't go shopping or just don't go shopping yeah how about that don't go shopping eat left i don't want to support amazon and wayfair 
because they're bad corporations. Yeah, Amazon's but also... garbage. Jeff Bezos couldn't suck it. Yeah. Um, but also... So yeah, you know what? I take it back. Don't go shopping. Anyways, <laughs> let's talk about these drinking rules. All right, I'm taking a deep breath. Okay, you might need to... You don't need to write them down. Yeah, I, I think you'll remind me. Yeah, sure will. Okay, so sip anytime someone sings. Just got to remind us. Always, Because we forget yes. sometimes. A standard. Sip anytime we mention Larry. Larry. And number three, you can only refer to Susan as Soissons. Oh, sign me up. I'm here. And. Another one? You will be participating. Oh, God. In a game we like to call Name That Flop Musical. Yeah! Woohoo! Oh, I love this. Okay, great. Great, 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 so great. So I'm going to describe, give the synopsis, a br- very brief synopsis of a flop. Okay. And you have to tell me what it is. I'm not giving you multiple choice. If you get all, all of them correct, I'll take a shot. If you get more than 50% wrong. Okay. You have to take a shot. How does that sound? Sounds perfect. You want to start off with an... I'm giving you an easy one because I fucking care about you. That's fine. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. Please do not answer until I have finished the sentence. This musical begins in the present and moves backwards, tracing the lives of a wealthy, jaded composer and his two estranged friends through each milestone of their personal and professional lives. What is Tick, Tick, Boom? Did I get it wrong? It's merely, oh, it's merely roll, roll along. along. <laughs> it's merely roll along. I was like, oh, I didn't know Tick Tick Boom went backwards. That is a pretty close. That yeah, is a pretty but close... you're gonna have to take a sip, and that's I the easiest one. Ugh. You know what? It, you know get... what happened is I wasn't listening. You said it. You said the first part, and I was like, oh, it's Tick Tick Boom. The first part was a musical that goes backwards. I know. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. I was like, at first you said backwards and I thought the last five years. And then I was, mm-hmm. and then you said mm-hmm. composer and his two estranged friends. And I was like, oh, I tick, tick, boom. Um, okay. But yeah, no, That's... I will take a sip of my Simpler Times Trader Joe's Pilsner. And then get a shot in your hand because we are starting this episode off with a shot. Kicking it off. Three, two, one. Two struggling writers hear about a new musical theater festival. However, the deadline for submissions is a mere three weeks away. With nothing to lose, the pair decides to try and create something new with the help of their friends, Susan, Heidi, and Larry. I'm going to take two sips there because I did not say Soissons, and I mentioned Larry. Oh, yeah. With the cast in place, Jeff and Hunter begin a conversation about what to write about. Eventually, Jeff suggests they write about what to write about. They make a pact to write up until the festival's deadline and dream about the show changing their lives. Title of show, taken from the space on the festival's application form, which asks for the title of show, follows Hunter and Jeff and each of their friends on their journey through the gauntlet of creative self-expression. Throughout their journey, they write and perform their show at the festival and learn lessons about themselves as people, friends, and artists. Title of show is, above all, a love letter to musical theater. 
a uniquely American art form, and to the joy of collaboration. Title of show, now playing at the Lyceum Theater. Tickets available. I know I always say they're long, but that was so long. It was not. You always think that they're so long, and it's literally maybe 60 seconds. Wait till you hear the synopsises I'm going to give you. Okay, thank you for that 70-minute synopsis, Sam. Fuck you, fuck you, and fuck you. (laughs) Okay, so I didn't really take notes on Hunter and Jeff, but I can just, like, tell you about them because they... You just literally, you describing the premise, you just told our audience what they've done. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that in a derogatory way. I, I love them. They're such good writers. I wish there was more. They're doing a lot of like, they're doing a lot of writing to pay the bills. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know Jeff wrote for the Disney Cruise Line. Um, Hunter wrote for like the SAG Awards or something like I probably got that mixed up I don't know but <laughs> they're both just doing like a lot of little things nothing has really been as big as title of the show of course and then Heidi and Soissant also kind of helped them write it because they formed those characters yes so and talented. Soissant actually wrote how co-wrote a song yes you know you're gonna know who they are as we talk about them throughout the night so correct Sam why don't you oh Ah! Taking a page out of my book. I ah. see you. You need to do a good sound effect. Eh, 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 eh. Something like that. What do you say? What do you say all the time? You know what that means. No, no. And you're drunk a lot. Hard uh, cut. Hard cut. Got it. Okay. <laughs> okay, Sam. A Yiddish flavored music, comedy, and dance review. Is that it? That's it. That's it. Yiddish flavored. I don't know. Wow, Yiddish flavored actually helps. I didn't even think about that. It's punny. The answer is bagels and yaks. Uh, oh, I, f- I forgot to tell you. Are these all shows from Monkeys and Playbills? They're all so- shows from Monkeys and Playbills. Great, 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 great. Okay, yeah, okay, okay. I forgot okay, to tell okay, you okay. that. I'm so sorry. That's okay. That'll help. I think I know the song well enough that I can probably just guess at which one it was. Yeah? Great. I'll take, take a, a sip. sip, though, for us all. All right. Tell us about that show. Okay. Hard cut. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. <laughs> so in the spring of 2004, the inaugural uh, season. Fourth grade. Great year. The- <laughs> great year. <laughs> Were your grades lined up with when Yes. You- it makes it so much easier That's to what, recount So kinder- kindergarten was. Oh, yeah, because you graduated. In 2012. 12th grade in 2012. That's right. So spring of 2004. Uh, this was a year before we met. LOL. Oh my god. <laughs> the New York Theater. I'm sorry. The New York Music Theater Festival was announced. They announced their inaugural season. They were going to be commissioning a bunch of new works to present to the city of New York. Uh, Jeff and Hunter found the posting for the festival and decided that they wanted to uh, submit something. The deadline was only three weeks away. They would meet up. They would try to decide what they wanted to write about. And anything that they came up with, they just were not very interested in. Mm -hmm. And what wound up happening is they realized that their conversations about the struggles of writing a new musical were actually more entertaining to them than any subject matter they had come up with. (sighs) 
Hi. Amazing. So they eventually decided to chronicle their own creation and write a musical about two guys writing a musical about two guys writing a musical. Mm-hmm. Jeff is really good friends with a lovely, talented actress, Heidi Blickenstaff, who he brought in to start workshopping some stuff. And Hunter is really good friends with this lovely lady named Soissons Blackwell. And they brought the two of them in to start collaborating, to start working on things. They wanted to use parts of their real lives to work into the show. They hired a pianist named Mr. Pressgrove. Take a sip. <laughs> I didn't say his first name. I said anytime you mention okay, him. whatever. Is that what I said? I don't yeah. Know. They hired him to serve as a music director, an orchestrator, which I think is hysterical that he's credited as an orchestrator because it's just piano. <laughs> I but I'm sure he added more stuff. That. I'm sure he added more stuff to it than Je- whatever Jeff was playing. Yeah, on the but piano. that could be a ranger. And he was not really <laughs> orchestrator. And he was uh, also the pianist for the production. So a couple months later, in the summer of 2004, they wanted to workshop the show before they uh, took it to the music theater festival. They were accepted into the 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 festival. Mm-hmm. They workshopped the show at the Manhattan Theater Source. Uh, Heidi was not available for this uh, version of the show, and they were unsure if Heidi was going to be able to stay on. So there was an actress named Stasia Fernandez who played a role named Stasia, who uh, they had changed the entire character sort of around uh, her to huh. kind of write her into the show. Oh my god! So it was uh, Hunter, Jeff, Soissons, and uh, Stasia. So okay, so quick. Quick pause. Yeah. I was looking title of show up on like Wikipedia today. Uh-huh. No, I was looking at Heidi's um, Wikipedia page and looking at the shows she's done mm-hmm. and title of show is on there a couple times because it just kept transferring. But the first one, it says title of show, role, Stasia. Yeah. I'm and I was like, who is that? <laughs> so the reason that she was first called Stasia is because when they finally got to, uh, after they workshopped the show in the summer, they finally got to the New York Music Theater Festival and Stasia got offered the understudy for Beth Level in The Drowsy Chaperone. Mm. Um, because that show was being workshopped. At, I don't think Drowsy went to Broadway until 2005 or maybe it was like just opening in the fall of 2004. Um, but Stasia went to, to understudy Beth Level and so they brought Heidi back and for the all of New York Music Theater Festival, the character was named Stasia because they didn't have time to change it all around. Mm-hmm. So Heidi was like playing a weird amalgamation of herself and Stasia, and her name was Stasia. Uh, when the show finally left the Music Theater Festival, and from that point on, they changed all the subject matter back to Heidi, all the names. They worked Heidi's experiences back into the show mm-hmm. to really make it uh, centered around her character. So about a year goes by, the show is continuing to get worked on, songs get added. <laughs> Sorry, I'm drinking beer tonight, so we're all in for a treat. As they were workshopping the show, a representative from the Eugene O'Neill Center reached out and offered them a workshop at the Eugene O'Neill Center in Connecticut. The Shaquille O'Neal Center. Yes, a great a great line in the show. The O'Neal Center. The Shaquille O'Neal Center. It was so good. I love small salt. So after the Eugene O'Neal Center, uh, 
Ars Nova in New York reached out and they wanted to do an off-off-Broadway uh, run in September of 2005. That Ars Nova run was critical to the success of the show because that's when the Vineyard Theater saw the show. Mm-hmm. That's when a lot of producers started to kind of latch onto the project and that is uh, eventually how they got their off-Broadway run was from running for those few performances at Ars Nova. Is that why on the cast album that medley is called September Song? Correct. I am such a good connector of the dots. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you. Because they were literally going from the Eugene O'Neill Center to Ars Nova to the Vineyard. Like, it was just constant, nonstop craziness for them. Well, it was a crazy set that they had to transfer to. Literally. Literally. So, the show ran for two months uh, at the Vineyard. And event, at one point, they were going to take the show to San Francisco and do an out-of-town tryout. But, like, the Broadway producers were like, no, we want to do it now. Like, the timing's great. The, like, um, the hype of the show is really building. So they decided not to go to San Francisco. And in the summer of 2008, just uh, two months, like, about a, about a year later, the show uh, began previews on Broadway. And on July 5th, 2008, the title of show opened at the Lyceum Theater. It ran for 102 performances before closing on October 12th. And Hunter Bell earned a Tony nomination for Best Book of a Musical. Y'all, we'll be right back. Sam's about to literally tell you again the plot. Yeah, but it's going to be different. Do you have another question for me before, or are we just going to go straight into it? We're going to go straight into it. Okay. Everyone say a prayer. Hold your breath. Say a prayer. Hold your breath. Here we go. Lights up. Lights up. Two best friends, both gay, very platonic. (laughs) Important. (laughs) Jeff and Hunter, they are in the process of writing a show to be submitted to the New York Music Theater Festival's inaugural season. Deadline, three weeks. They say, what are we going to write about? We have no clue. Anything we write about, we don't like. And then Jeff says, well, wait a minute. Anything that we talk about is usually more interesting (laughs) than what we write about. So why don't we write a show about two guys writing a musical, about two guys writing a musical? And Hunter's like, holy shit, that's the ticket. Jeff employs his friend, Heidi Blickenstaff, who is an up-and-coming music theater performer. And Hunter employs his friend, Susan Blackwell, who is a theater performer disguised as a corporate whore by day. Disguised as if... (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Four of them are going to collaborate on this musical that they will submit to the New York Music Theater Festival. Hard cut. Of course. Because I know that's a fan favorite. (laughs) God, it's going to be bad. We see Jeff. He is at his desk. He is struggling to write. Mm. He says, if I just write whatever's happening in my life, it won't matter. But guess what? He still can't figure it out. He doesn't know how to turn his real life into a musical. And neither does Hunter. So here's what happens. Hunter goes through his exercise to allow him to 
get past his writer's block. And for him, that's fantasizing about a monkey who has this life where he's a speedboat and a girlfriend and all this fantasy that happens. And for Jeff, that is going through his old playbills of musicals that he loves, and that helps him write more efficiently, mm. more, econo- ergonom- more ergonomically, if that's, you will. That's what he was thinking. And through their fantasy, Hunter's like, wait a minute, what if we won a Tony? What if, what if we, what if, what if this musical is a hit? And Jeff's like, wait, 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 wait. okay, slow down, because Jeff's a realist. Mm-hmm. And Jeff's like, slow down, slow down, slow down. I just want to, I just want to be part of the Broadway community. He's like, I just want to, I want to go to Sardi's. I want to, I want to have an opening night party. And then they kind of like, you know, the thing with theater is that it's like kind of melancholy. Like everything always must come to an end when it comes to theater. And they're like, is it over already? I just want to be a part of it. I just want to be a part of it. I don't want to be the whole thing. I don't want to be the moment. I just want to be a part of it. Hmm. And then they're like, okay, well, what if this show, like, what if it's, like, too weird? What if it's too kitschy to, like, be on Broadway? And then Heidi is singing this song where she's like, I'm playing myself. What do I, what am I, wow. And Susan's like, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of a weird thing we're doing, but I'm here for, I'm along for the ride. And then guess what? What? What every musical needs, a dream sequence. (laughs) And they're like, oh, we're not good enough. The show's not going to be great enough. It's not going to make the festival. Nobody's going to like it. And Susan's like, everybody, shut up. She's like, listen, there are people, there are things, there are voices in your head that say you're not good enough. You're not great enough. Nobody will ever like you. You'll never win a Grammy. You'll never sell out Madison Square Garden. You just remember that you are a goddamn superstar and you were born this way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. Are you eating pizza while we're recording? 100%. Are you going to keep it in that you're eating pizza while we're recording? No, I'm going to cut it out. I'm being very careful about when I chew. So Susan says, listen... I have these voices in my head too. I know what it means. I know what it feels like to have self-doubt. And you know what I do? I call those voices vampires. And I pretend that I'm fucking Buffy. And I just have a <laughs> stake in my hand and I'm fucking killing those vampires off. That's it. She says it doesn't matter if it's she says it doesn't matter if it's someone else or if it's your voice inside your head. She says you take you you fucking just kill those vampires, drive a stake through their heart. No one can tell you that you're not the fucking greatest thing that's ever happened in musical theater. Supernatural the musical. And that's how I feel. All right, so guess what happens? What? The whole company, all four of them, they're feeling energized. They're feeling vamped. They're feeling ready to go. They fill out that festival Festical. <laughs> not festival. <laughs> not festival. No. They fill out that festival application. And when they're filling out the application, there's a little column on that app that says, what is the title of show? What is the title of your show? And Hunter says, OMG, everyone. Guess the fuck what? We just found the metaphysical, postmodern, fucking Seinfeld title of this show. Seinfeld! Yes, postmodernism. Seinfeld is a show about nothing. I don't need to know the title of show is a show about a show. It's postmodernism. Ask Rachel Pantazas. Oh, Sam knows the genre. It's postmodernism. 
And Hunter officially declares the title of the show, title of show. They continue to fill out this form to submit themselves for the New York Music Theater Festival. And guess the fuck what? Fucking what? They get accepted to the inaugural New York Music Theater Festival. It's September. It's the fall. Theater is buzzing in New York. There's new shows coming out. Everyone is in a fucking tizzy. And they are workshopping their show. They, they wind up going to the festival, and after the final performance, several industry professionals show up at their final performance, and Hunter and Jeff go out to meet with them. Suddenly, Susan and Heidi are left alone on stage. They fantasize about what their lives would be like if the show was just about them. The secondary characters, Hunter and Jeff, break back out on stage. They say, oh, listen. This is not your show. It's a show about us. You're the secondary characters. By the way, we've got news. The Eugene O'Neill Shaquille O'Neal Center in Connecticut. <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal Center, it's a good one. <laughs> Everyone, in case you're wondering at home, Amanda almost just spit up like a little baby. <laughs> They get accepted to the Eugene O'Neill Center in Connecticut to develop their musical at the Eugene O'Neill Center in Connecticut. (laughs) They work on the show. It's going great. And guess what happens at the Eugene O'Neill Center, Amanda? Basketball. No, guess what? Guess. What? What? You have to guess. They go to Broadway? No. What? They get picked up by an off-Broadway theater company. Oh, so they're, like, kind of good, but not really. The Vineyard Theater picks up Title of Show as part of their season. Title of Show performs their show to a raucous audience. The off-Broadway community loves Title of Show. Guess what? Hard cut. Title of Show closes off-Broadway, and (gasps) ten months go by where there is no New York City buzz about title of show. What are they doing? It's very sad. It's very melancholy. Susan, she's back at her office job. Jeff is back designing websites. Heidi is in callbacks for The Little Mermaid on Broadway. Hunter says, I want title of show to make it. And guess what he does? Hunter grabs Jeff. He says, Jeff, sit down. Jeff says, what are you doing, Hunter? Hunter says, just sit here. Hunter grabs a camcorder. He turns it on. He sits in front of the camera with Jeff and he says, guess what, everyone? Title of show is going to Broadway. He posts that video on YouTube. Jeff says, what? What are you talking about? (laughs) Basically, Hunter decided to create false buzz about title of show going to Broadway. Fake news. And guess what? What? People ate it up. Title of show creates a YouTube series called the Shidle. Title the Shidle, not the Shidle, not the Shidle. <laughs> title of show creates a YouTube series called the Title of Show Show, where they create fake buzz that Title of Show is being transferred to Broadway, and it works. Broadway producers begin reaching out to the creative team of Title of Show to try to get them to Broadway. Amazing. In- all the hustle and bustle of trying to get title of show to Broadway, Hunter is so hyper-focused on succeeding that he begins to compromise the artistic integrity of the show. 
he starts changing references, he starts making the show more mainstream, more commercially accessible. And everyone in the show starts saying, no, we don't want this. this that's not what the show is about. But guess what? The show gets what? picked up anyway. The show's going to Broadway. At one point, Heidi might be replaced. Susan might have to go back to her day job at the office. It's all too much for Hunter, and he lashes out at everyone. And he's like, do you want the show to go to Broadway or not? I'm pissed. I'm, I'm <laughs> mad, people. <laughs> and then he realizes the errors of his ways, and he says, I'm sorry, everyone. I got too wrapped up in making our show successful instead of good. Mm. And in that moment, Heidi steps forward and she's like, I know what you mean. She said, I've always wanted to be successful, but something about this show just makes me want to feel good. It just makes me want to be a good artist. It takes me back to being a child. Are you having a moment? Back to being a young wannabe performer and just wanting to make a good art with good people. And all four of these artists decide to jump in to the deep end. They don't know if they're going to succeed. They say, we're four people. And guess what? <laughs> Title of show opens on Broadway. How? With four chairs and a keyboard. And Hunter and Jeff and Heidi and Susan say, I would rather be the apple in the eye of nine people than be just a fucking checklist item for a hundred different people. And Jeff's like, it's time. It's time to let go. We should just put the show out there and see what happens. And the four of them say, it's the end of the road. It's been such a long journey. And we are ready to hand this art over to the universe and see what will be made of it. And guess what? What? They only ran for four months. <laughs> <laughs> but they also won a t- they they got a Tony nomination, which is pretty fucking cool. You <laughs> so melancholy up until that point. I know, it's called comedic timing. Pseudolus is knows the owner. It's called Comedy Tonight. <laughs> mm. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
Sam, do you want to talk about other productions? Or the show's been produced a couple times. But first, so need to reiterate: all of these are from Monkeys and Playboys. Censored scenes from King Kong. Final answer. No. Okay. <laughs> the story centers on brash, bold American divorcee Mimi Paragon working as a hostess on a British cruise ship. Sail away. That is correct. Woo! Well done. I, don't, I know nothing about the show. I only know it because you told me it was from the song. And it's the first musical they talk about. It is? Not the first. One of the first. See the monkey sail away on the speedboat. It's yeah. simply heavenly to ride the wind. The wind. Okay. All right. Now let's talk about now hear this. I'm ready. Yeah. There aren't really... So real real quick, just so everybody knows yeah. we're not jumping categories. The show's really been on Broadway once, obviously. We know this. There was a London production on the West End. But here's the thing. It's like, yes, this show is licensable. Yes, you can do a great job doing it. But the show is about the four people who wrote it. So how do you... How do you redo that? What is it really about when you take that element out of it? It's not as funny... The jokes aren't don't land as well. That being said, I'd love to ever be in it, but it's just so hard to recreate yeah. the magic of it. Uh, so that's why there aren't a ton of other productions because it was such a special little like two month Broadway run that it got. Yeah, not two month like like four month. Yeah, it has a really good following. I think it's a cult classic. Um, it is a cult classic. I didn't realize we were tossers. We're to- we are we are. Well, yeah, we we're tossers. not really tossers, but we're, we are tossers. That's because we were too young. We were too young. You're right. If we had been, like, the right age. Oh, my God. If we had been, like, in our early 20s when Title of Show came out, wow, nobody could have stopped us. No kidding. Uh, all right. So, Sorry to cut you off. Let's I talk love, about Now Hear This. I really love the music of Now Hear This, so we didn't even explain it. But it's, like, it's not a sequel to Title of Show, mm-hmm. but it's the same four actors. It only ran for, like, a weekend. I'm pretty sure. It's just like kind of a review of songs about their childhood, their present, and their future. But the music is really beautiful, as we'll talk about in our favorite parts, because Jeff Bowen writes some stunning he motherfucking does. harmonies. And the fact that he hasn't written like another huge right? hit is beyond me. Like his composition is so good. What it's one of your I, I know uh, is it what's the song called? Pay attention to me. Uh, Give Me Your Attention. Give Me Your Attention. That's one of your favorite songs. My favorite song. I found this song, like, right out of college. I was, my Spotify was, like, on shuffle one night. And Golden Palace, which was co-written by Susan Blackwell, came on my Spotify. And I sobbed for, like, hours listening to this song. Anyway, it also features Susan talking about her time at the McDowell Artist Colony, which is in New Hampshire, where Amanda and I grew up. She references Milford, mm-hmm. New Hampshire, which is about 25 minutes from where we used What's to live. What's her name? Her name is Soissons. Okay. I'll take a sip. You really miss nothing. Give me your attention, please. Jeff Bowen, if you're listening, or if anybody who's listening to this podcast knows Jeff Bowen, please get the sheet music to give me your attention to Amanda Harrington pronto stat. So Jeff, I have to say this. Jeff and I have tweeted at each other before. <laughs> I'm not joking. He has tweeted back at me about something I don't remember. I'm going to find it. Yeah. 
We'll post it to the Instagram. And I, like, emailed him. I tweeted at him. Where can I get this sheet music? Because this is a great audition song. It's great. And does it not describe us as children? I don't know what you're talking about. It's like, hey, family, happy Christmas dinner. I'm going to do a dance. <laughs> don't make me sing. I'll just oh. stand, on the alley, stand on the fire escape with my clams and watch the alley cats. They understand me. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into favorite parts. But first. Oh. There you go. Sound effects. Was that good? It was great. The secret word is shrimp. <laughs> Thorny. This is the feeling I get when I watch a Tarzan movie. <laughs> How do you memorize it so I don't well? know. It's because I, A, watch it nonstop, and B, I've always been good with quotes. Yeah, I wish I could do that. Okay, ready? A television commercial writer lives in a television studio with a talking computer named Arthur, fantasizing about the woman in his life. Is it Mother Earth? I'm sorry. The correct answer is shelter. Never would have gotten it. (laughs) This is a good one. All right. Yeah, take a big old swig. I'm going to be so bloated. How many favorite parts do you have? Uh, A a few, but it's going to be fast. It always is. You do a good job. I do. I used to not. We used to be here for like, uh, like 20 minutes talking about what I liked about yeah. the show. It's a learning curve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sharing yeah, yeah. the spotlight. Do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? What do you think? I'm going to go first. Oh, I thought we could have a discussion about it, but okay. Okay. Number one first part is the uh, the climax of Untitled Opening Number, which is Yellen Fortissimo. Yellen Fortissimo, Yellen Fortissimo, Yellen Fortissimo. Beautiful, great crescendo, great build. Jeff did a great job writing that. My second favorite part, the Broadway celebrity voicemails. Iconic. We got Marin Maisie. We got Patti LuPone. We got Carrie Butler. We got Emily Skinner. So I'm just going to jump in and say that this is also one of my favorites. Yes. Specifically, Patti LuPone. <laughs> calling Stop and being contacting like, Stop. me. Stop. I will not be in your musical. I got a bootleg of the final performance of title of show. If you need it just to hear us talk about bootlegs, go to season one. Cause we already, you know, we've sent out a little disclaimer about how we feel about bootlegs. We love them. And this is the final performance of title of show. So the audience was bonkers off their walls. Bonkers. Uh, off their walls, off the walls. Uh, the audience really does go crazy for these uh, Broadway celebrity voicemails in this final performance mm. of title of show that we watched. Okay. So next is Susan's final vampire monologue. Who? Don't hate me. Hate me. Wow. I'm mm. Okay. So Soissons' last vampire monologue. The first time I heard this song and I heard Soissons say the last couple lines of that monologue about doubting yourself as an artist, it really just, I don't need, like, I even knew at, like, 16, like, I felt this feeling before. Yeah. Because who hasn't? We've all felt not good enough, and we've all felt too critical of ourselves. And that, that line just really spoke to me. Next is in the dream sequence in Act 2 when Soissons says, uh, don't say that, of course you're meant to have children, because the oh underscoring my. sounds just like Into the Woods. 
And she just goes, don't say that. Of course you're meant to have children. And the He's audience so just loses brilliant. it. All the Into the Woods references. They oh, really there's like seven it. Into the Woods yeah. references. The festival, the festival, the, festival? the King's Festival. But, okay, think about it. Hold on. I'm so sorry. This no, please. This long because of me. Yeah, that's fine. But that's you and me having a conversation. Yes, fucking always. break off into Bridesmaids quotes or whatever. Constantly. Constantly. Even musical references. Yeah. I love that. I love Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, the bridge of a way back to Benton. And there you are right in the middle of what you love with the craziest of company. You're having a kick-ass time. I was listening to it before we started recording tonight, and I got choked up. It's just a beautiful... A Way Back to Then is to Jeff Bowen as Sunday is to Stephen Sondheim. Mm. Hmm. Uh, the end of Nine People's Favorite Things, when it starts to build. Five, nine, nine, nine people's favorite. Ugh. Um, Take a sip. You just sang. I, I don't want to hold you accountable. I did. But I'm gonna. I want to hold you accountable. I did. The finale. When they decide that the greatest thing you can it's do for something you love is let it go. And also the fact that they made it to Broadway. They did what they, they accomplished what they set up to do. Literally. And now they have to just finish it. They have to end it. And finally, my final favorite part, and probably my number one favorite part of title of show is the bonus track. Bonus track. Bonus track. If you're a fan of the uh, title of show cast album, you will know the bonus track. And specifically within the bonus track, I would be remiss if I did not give credit to the develop the great development on my comedic sense of humor. If I didn't talk about what it, this song means to me artistically, and the song is "Ground Beef in a Cup." Oh, it's exactly what I was thinking. She really it just, eats it up. It just really, uh, it just spoke to me as a comedian. No, uh, Amanda and I and our friend Nina, who was featured on our company episode, used to sing Ground Beef and We still do sing Ground Beef in mm-hmm. a Cup to each other um, on voicemails or in texts. It's just, it's a hysterical little Easter egg on the cast album. Heidi's so pretty. And she's, and so, she's good so good singer, good singer too. too. <laughs> oh, God. I gotta get these towels folded. <laughs> Before the end of the show. All right, Amanda, lay your favorite parts on me. I'm ready to hear yours. Should your we turn. just do the whole show, read the script? I, I think that sounds like a great plan. <laughs> Aren't you worried um, that our podcast is a little too donuts for dinner? Donuts for dinner? Yeah, you know, like, it's good, feels good in the moment, but after dinner, you're usually feeling like you want something a little meatier. We should probably reverse parts because you should be the one who says, I'm sorry, I totally stopped listening. <laughs> okay. If you listen to our Thanksgiving episode, you'll know that there is a moment where I I'm not gonna fully keep that in. did not listen to Amanda. Well, maybe you don't, but and put it as a If you listen to our episode, Bad Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> when are we, okay. we we've talked, we've talked so much about Bad Hamilton. When are we going to actually release it? When I get a fucking moment in not editing our other. Oh, please. You're not busy. One of my favorite parts, I mean, I could go on about every harmony in every song ever, but I think because this was the first time I watched a bootleg, so I hadn't heard the songs that aren't on the original album. Um, So the harmonies in the festival medley and how it just keeps going on and it gets just like different genre. It is just so good. She's so talented. He's so great. Underrated. Um, my next favorite one is, again, okay, so I also read the script while I was watching the musical. I never understood monkeys and playbills. I didn't understand that it was writing genius. 
Heidi and Jeff are singing the titles. Yeah. Of flop musicals. Yeah. While Soissons and Hunter are right. I just never understood the interwoven. What was going on. Yeah. Yes. Hunter's like weird writing technique is that he fantasizes about like a monkey riding a speedboat. Literally. I was just and like, why? Hunter and Heidi are going, or uh, Jeff and Heidi are going through mm-hmm. uh, the playbills. So It's cool. wild. So that's like now one of my favorite parts because it's genius. And then you already said the voicemail. Love those. My last favorite one is just the entire song. Nine people's favorite thing. Just like that's very our podcast written. to me. What? That's our podcast. You're so right. Stop. I'm gonna cry. I would rather like have a few people that really, really love us than everyone be like, yeah, it's an all right podcast. I'll listen to it like every once in a while. But no, we have like a few people who listen to us every week when we come out. And if you're one of those people, thank you for being the Rice Krispie Treat. I'm emotional. We can't. <laughs> All right. Well, I think you know what time it is. It's definitely time for another Name That Flop. Lay it on me, baby. All right. Are you ready? I'm ready. On the dance marathon circuit of the 1930s, contestant Rita deals with her nefarious promoter boyfriend until a mysterious pilot partners with her in the contest and teaches her to believe in her own dreams. What is I Gotta Go Disco? I'm sorry. That is incorrect. A good guess, though, right? I, I Gotta Go Disco. A the good guess. The answer is Steel Pier. Oh, I should have known that. That's like, that is a flop, but it's a well-known show. I should have known it. Um, I just want to let you know that you've only gotten one correct. And how many have you asked me? One, two, three, four, five. Which means I'm taking a shot. I get it. Okay. I know. I can't wait. How about a, how about a like sudden death if I get the last one right? I don't have to take it. Nope. Yeah. I think that's how it should be. That work. was not how we agreed in the beginning of the show. Well, rewind. You fucking asked me back. Thanksgiving parade questions after I told you. Everybody I watches the parade. Watch. Well, this is about obscure. I should know them. I should. I claim to be a huge musical theater fan. I should know these shows. Let's move on. Oh, this is such a hard one. Our Edwina Spoonapple. I'm stuck between two people. I'm not. Okay, so you go first, and then I'm gonna bounce off of it. All right. There is one person that I think deserves more shows i think she should be on broadway more often and that person is soissons blackwell okay i think she could be in the company revival that was on broadway before the shutdown she could play susan no sorry not susan she could play uh she could play sarah okay well you already said susan i didn't say i wasn't talking about that susan i don't care you're gonna i care I, I didn't hear no dust back on there. And neither did you. Yeah! Little vampin. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Little vamp! <laughs> <laughs> Little vamp. Okay, so I also chose her because, and this is going to get deep for just like a millisecond. Okay. I, Soissons, is me. Writing songs at her desk because she's very unhappy in her day office job. As a corporate whore. As a corporate whore. (laughs) 
but she's unhappy in her job and the only thing that's really bringing her joy is her artistic projects such as title of show and that's like how i feel with this podcast with my day job yeah it's just this is editing episodes at your desk this is my Rice Krispie Treat. So it that's balances why I out really my day like job, which is killing me softly. I wrote a song sitting at my desk today. I'd like to sing it for you now. When she sang that to Heidi, <laughs> I was like, I like dropped my drink. <laughs> if you shined a flashlight in my butt, <laughs> you'd see I'm you'd dying, see I'm dying inside. inside. Inside! I'll drink. Hey, that was good. You sounded kind of like Patty. Thanks. So the other person I was thinking of was Hunter. Because I really like that Hunter Hunter's character is very vulnerable. In he is at, like the acting, the writing, his like influence on the show. It's everything. He is so. I don't know. Like, can you imagine playing yourself on stage? Not just that, but playing yourself as kind of the villain. Yeah, literally. He is so and good being at like. Okay with that. I agree. It's that's just like I can't imagine. Ugh. I just like, can't imagine the writing process of that. So I'm going to have to give it a tie. Edwina Spoonacle okay. Award can go to both. Okay. All right. Tell me about your Climb Every Mountain Award. Jeff Bowen and the Hunter Bell. Weird. Me too. Oh my God. It's almost like it's obvious. Yeah, because Heidi has gone on to do a little bit more. Of course. You know, well, Susan uh, Soissons Blackwell is like a musical theater you celebrity. Still sip, you said the name. No, I didn't. Yeah, I just think when I think of, I'm, I don't know. To me, this is also Heidi and Susan's. Oh, fuck, Heidi and Soissons climbing the mountain. It kind of goes to all four of them, Hunter and Jeff specifically, because they wrote it. It is their baby. I agree. But. But they're all equally responsible for the success. Like, they yeah. all put their lives on the line. Yeah. Heidi said no to a fucking Broadway contract so she could do this show. And then it got on Broadway, so. Yeah. Trust your gut. I just can't believe that we've gone this long without even discussing the title of show show. Do you want to talk about it now? I feel like we should just mention what it is because. A hundred percent. There important. is a video that does not, not, it no longer exists on YouTube, but there was like a big like clip show compilation about the title of show show that I no longer can find. It was like clips of the infomercial. It was clips of the series. It was clips of the Christmas show all strung together and I can't find it anymore, but I've since watched all the clips from watching the title of show show and they okay. talk about it in the show. But one day when Hunter wanted the show to be doing, when he wanted the show to do better, he created buzz about the show by pretending they were going to Broadway on YouTube. Fucking brilliant. Maybe we should just do that for Buzz Broadway. Literally. Why not? Um, we should just say that we have Sutton Foster coming on our podcast. <laughs> and then she'll catch wind of it. Well, we'd love to have Alice Ripley. She's fierce. That's the first time I've said the word fierce. That's the second. See, this uh, episode is going to be that. But yeah, no. So us, you and me, and our friend Nina used to send each other clips of the title of Show Show. We used to watch it together. It was just so funny to the three of us. And Sam and I rewatched a little bit of it in preparation for this. And it's just so brilliant. It's just so funny. Soissons infomer- infomercial. But what is title of show? <laughs> 
I love it when I appear out of a fridge. <laughs> what, what is title of show? I really want you to be Susan. Anyways, really what do you good. say that we end this episode? With one more question. But first! Uh-huh, that's what I thought. Let's do another name that long. All right. <clears throat> this comedy imagines that scenes cut from the famous 1993 film actually contained information for secret agents. What is censored scenes from King Kong? That is correct! Why have I never seen censored scenes from King Kong? I don't know. It's a musical I would really enjoy. Yeah, so many of these flops. secret agents. You do. You really love James Bond. I'm pouring myself a shot because you told me to. Well, before we go, I just have to say that Sam and I will be in a... Maybe if we talk about how we're going to be in it, it'll happen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sam and I are going to be in this show with our friends Rachel and Anna. Yeah, did you know uh, there's a production company that just picked us up. We're doing a production. I'm playing Hunter. You're playing mm-hmm. Heidi. Our friend mm-hmm. Rachel's playing Soissons. My friend, our friend Andrew, who is also uh, Rachel's fiance, is playing Jeff. It's going to be a great production. I'm going to direct it. Oh, virtually. I'm choreograph it. Sounds like a great plan. Have you seen the choreography? I can do jazz squares. I can do pas de braise. That's a little advanced for our show, but. Dynamanoff. She's awesome. She was in Greece and leader of the pack. I honestly would be happy playing either Heidi or Soissons. It's like, cause like, 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 like in I real feel life. attached to both. In real life, you're definitely more of a Soissons. But personality wise. Right. I'm more of a Heidi. And because I'm Hunter, that makes you Soissons. And you, yeah, and you just are Hunter. Yeah. The you villain. are so Hunter. The villain. That is so title of show. That sure <laughs> is so title of show on you. What do you say now that we wrap this up? You know what I'd like to say? I'd like to ask you one simple question. Well, first, I'd like to ask you one more simple question. Oh, lay it on me. Well, my question is going to be, do you want those monkeys fried or broiled, hon? Oh. Now, this is not necessarily from Monkeys and Playbills. Okay, and if I get this right, this is my 50%. You're right. So this, I'll have is to the, I'm, I, this is like a, is it really? I'll have to do a tiebreaker. Ugh. No, because I'll be 50%. Okay. This is it. No, I don't want to ask it. So you better ask it. Shot. You're going to take a shot anyways. Okay. So this song may not necessarily be from Monkeys and Playbills, but it's mentioned in the musical. The title. Yes. Not the song. A white American doctor falls in love with a black tribal leader in Africa. Black. How did you know this if it wasn't from Monkeys and Playbills? A white doctor. All right, you have five seconds. No, a black tribal leader in Africa? You cannot take a minute. That's too long. A white doctor. Five. Is it going to be, like, so obvious? Carrie. That's (laughs) correct. No. The answer is Kwamina. Oh. Like Kwamina or Starlight Express in the extremely racist song. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. We're just going to pretend that that song doesn't exist and hopefully. Yeah, you're just going to talk about how he plays a white paper. in. And hopefully someday Hunter Bell will rewrite the song. 
All right, Sam, you didn't get it right, so you know what that means. (sighs) That's the end of our episode, guys. Thank you so much. We are nearing the end of season two. Wow, we have, what, three three episodes left? Yeah, this is our third two last. Wow. So, listen, we have asked you guys to DM us, and we've gotten so many nothing. We've gotten so so many DMs flooded with DMs. So if you could just, like actually do it actually andrew always does send us like a response to our instagram story yeah. so that's it one time jeff b was watching a documentary a ghost documentary and i snuck up behind him and i made this noise and he jumped into the air Ooh, spooky bye guys spooky bye if you enjoyed this episode please don't forget to subscribe rate and review for more information on how to support our podcast visit bpn.fm slash buzzbroadway or on Instagram at buzzbroadwaypodcast. Buzz Broadway is conceived and hosted by Amanda Harrington and Sam St. Jean with editing by Amanda Harrington. Original music by Carl Pariso with arrangements by Patrick Doro. This is a Broadway Podcast Network production. As always, thank you to our sponsors, to BPN, and to our listeners. See you next time. Buzz Broadway. Buzz Broadway. So just press play today. We did it, Joe. We did it. You're going to be the next president of the United States. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theater Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. It is Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.